This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K. The latest episode of the No Huddle Show. We're back here at Novacare Complex. Training camp is here. Sorry we took this long to get you guys some episodes, but it's been a little hectic the last few days, and uh, we needed our producers to be around to publish it. But here we are. It's day, this is the end of day five, right? Or four, if you five. don't count the first one. That was 10, 10, 10. Mm-hmm. Um, we've learned a lot already. We're still out here overreacting and underreacting to everything because that's just training camp in a nutshell until you see them like go against. How did we get into this nutshell? <laughs> but uh, that's why the week with the Ravens is going to be fun, I think, by the way. That won't yeah. be for a couple weeks, but I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I never covered something like that oh, where, awesome. where two teams are practicing together. Um, we'll, we'll talk a lot about that as it gets closer. But yeah. um, So there hasn't been like a, a lot of like crazy news necessarily, but there has been a few things since our last episode last week, which I said to you, I'm like, it feels like we haven't done an episode in forever, but it's literally just been a week because time goes slower when you're standing in the 90 degree humidity, not to complain too much. But. Yeah, it's been like, what, like nine, 10 days. I feel like I've gotten nine to 10 hours of sleep too. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah, it's like an endless it, cycle because you get yeah. home and you're exhausted and then you, you take too long to start working and then you work and then it's late and then you wake up early and it's a whole cycle. But the players have worse than us. So. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of players that have worse than us um crave on the blanc team suffered a foot injury what a segue and that was pretty good uh which so, he's probably riding around yeah now. <laughs> true he was he did have one of those scooters uh but yeah he hurt his foot it was like a strange series of events he hurt his foot i would think during the first practice but he it was one of those things where he probably didn't feel it when we saw him in the locker room after the it was his birthday on day one and then he wasn't out there, and there was some mystery about whether maybe he was on the block or something. It turned out he was just injured. It seems like it's maybe a little more serious than they want to admit. Um, he was in a boot right away, and Doug called it week to week, which in Doug Peterson speak probably means he's out for a while. Yeah. Because Jill Mills was week to week back in uh, week nine last year, and he hasn't played since. So. And yeah, now he's more like year to year. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, seriously, though. That's such but a weird foot injury. About. But anyway, so, that, so what that means is they have – Craven LeBlanc and Jalen Mills out with foot injuries, seemingly significant, especially Jalen Mills. Is, uh, and Ronald Darby, he's looking good when he's like out of there in individuals, but he still hasn't made it his way over to team drills yet. So I, I think it would be like without knowing the medicals, it'd be fair to say he's the closest to coming back. We don't know like what their timeline is with him. They're taking their time with him, obviously. So corner all of a sudden is like became a concern. Whereas, like, we, we had talked about, like, if any of the guys got hurt, then maybe they're in a little trouble, but they'll be okay. Three guys being hurt, they're not okay. Um, even as confident as both you and I are in Razul and Avante Maddox, and Cindy Jones has been a standout in camp so far. They signed Orlando Skandrick the other day. It's a Patrick Robinson-like-esque signing, maybe not quite the level because he's a little more proven coming in here. But I'd say he's more Garrett Blunt. Yeah, that's probably a fair. Yeah, and Garrett was – he came off a pretty good year with the Patriots before that. But So Skandrick played like nine years with the Cowboys. Uh, started last year with the Redskins, then got cut. And then got picked up by the Chiefs who were so desperate for corners that he pretty much started every game for them. Uh, I, when they first signed him, I was like not sure if he – 
really had a great chance of making the team, but the more these guys sit out, it seems almost likely that he makes unless he's really bad in camp. They're out. I don't know who they can only put Jalen Mills on PUP to start the year, so there's a chance that if they don't put Mills on PUP, that they wind up keeping seven corners. Yeah, they kind of have to. They have no choice. Well, I think what's going to have to happen is so he'll make the team. I think if. If they keep Mills on PUP, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's almost as simple as that. I think he and Jeremiah McKin- he Jeremiah McKinnon and Josh Hawkins are playing for that sixth role. If there's an injury, if if Craven continues to progress and and with his injury, maybe they don't. They're, they were always going to keep six corners, in my opinion, because you yeah, were that was six, obvious. Yeah, yeah, they were already six deep. But I think this, I'm not really that concerned. Um, I don't I, know if concern is right, but for for week one, not for the season, but I think week one there's legit so, concern. So I think I think Ronald Darby will be good by week one. If they if he think, wasn't, unless he, there's a setback or something, right? If if they were that concerned about him, he would be on pup. Yeah, they um, would have put him on there to start him. Yeah. Right. Because um, you still see Jalen Mills out there with the teammates and stuff like that. It's not like he's like completely just... like uh, Jernigan last year, right? Yeah. right. So I, I think when you look, Rasul's having a really strong, really really Sydney, strong. Sydney and him have both been really good. Yeah, uh, Sydney's got torched a few times by he also Deshaun, had, he also but it's picked Deshaun. off Carson today. Yeah, yeah, had a nice diving interception. Um, Avante Maddox is going to be a special player. I, I really truly he's, believe he's that. one of those guys that you that he's not making necessarily like the big plays, but he, he, the fact that you're not hearing from him means that he's like shutting whoever he's covering down. Yeah, like, I mean, this, burned at all. Here's the thing: we should preface it with this. Deshaun Jackson has beaten every cornerback, every DB in this and entire. That, that's Deshaun team. Jackson. Yeah, that, but outside of that, I mean, Avante, Rasul, and City have played very, very well, and I think people should be very look. Maybe not ecstatic about this upcoming year, but if all three of them were on this team in 2020, I think I think this you can see extensions. This is a very good group. Um, Darby looks like he's making progress. He's part of install. He's doing individuals. Uh, Roddy McLeod just returned to the field, so Rasul could... I mean, sorry, not Rasul. Uh, Darby, who's about like five weeks to a month behind him in, in rehab, could be on the men soon. I, I think he's going to be good for week one. Right. At least, by, you think by the end of the preseason, he'll finally be full go, at least. Right, and, and you know, he's had to deal with coming into a season, you know... It dry, I guess you could say, because his first year here he got injured and had to. He was go. out for a, lot, a chunk of the season. Yeah. Year, yeah. So he he's he's done that before. I think if Darby's fine, this group's fine. Um, they can't go in there with just these three guys. Yeah, like, you need more than three. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think honestly, this secondary will go as Ronald Darby goes this year. If Darby is available and can play a full time role, I think he is the closest to a legitimate number one corner on this roster. I also think you have very good depth because Rasul or, or Sydney will be the fourth guy. Um, I'm not really concerned about Mills. I, I don't really think he. Fact- he's almost like uh, he's almost like icing on the cake, honestly. R- right. Yeah. He, whatever you get out of him, awesome. Because they are. I mean, that's fun. like the three guys that are playing right now playing well are the only three guys under contract after this year and right. these are the guys that led the secondary at the end I mean LeBlanc was a part of that but he's not as important to the future as these three guys right and I think so if, looking at it from my from from the outside perspective let's say they do have to go in, into the season Darby has missed week one and so against Washington they have you know uh 
and Mills can't play and Craymon can't play. And you go in there with Rasul, Sydney, and and Avante, and then maybe McKinnon and, and Skandrick. So you've had to stash. Well, no, maybe they'll nah, just stash nah, they four. They just keep one of them, yeah. Yeah. So let's say McKinnon or whatever. Um, I mean, I think you're looking at sit. You know, in base, you're looking at Avante and Rasul, and then Sydney comes on and Avante moves inside. I think that's. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty. That's a pretty. Solid Seems like that's what's going to be going on. Whoever. It's, it, it'll be Darby and Maddox in base is my prediction probably mm-hmm. if Darby's healthy and the way he should be they yeah. want Sidney Jones to be that guy I think yeah and, I mean I think we need to see it happen in games before we can like hand him that obviously yeah people talk about his durability but all I've done since the offseason is see him die for things like oh, yeah. he even dive to the he's, Carson Wentz like, charity it's not, like it's not like he's reticent about like yeah he's he he's not playing scared he's not which is good yeah there's no hesitation with him which I think is, is very good let's see if he can hold up throughout, you know, the rest of the year. Yeah. We'll say one, we're, we're going to get into, like, some good, bad, and ugly from what we've seen from camp so far. Uh, maybe the ugly should just be called Clayton Thorson. <laughs> Why are you going to spoil it? <laughs> That's just what the name of the section is going to be this yeah. season. Uh, but I would say before we get into that, one good thing is that while there are a lot of guys banged up, especially on defense, like generally this is like as healthy as they've been in training camp in a couple of years. That, that sound you hear is the collective knock on wood for yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, everybody on the offense has pretty much been out there, right, besides Corey Clement. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Matt Collins, it's a new injury, actually. So I don't know if he's going to be on the team this year at this point, um, yeah. especially because – well, what's weird is he went out in full pads and, and I know so we all thought he, he was going to play, and then he didn't even do individuals. Yeah, I mean it's, uh, so he's it's a weird. The, the saga of Mac Hollins continues. Uh, he's going to write a book, like, and it's going to be great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's get. So this was day five today. Um, we're not going to recap like the specific practice as much as just like everything we've seen so far. But let's start with the good. Uh, I think Deshaun Jackson is the obvious place to start. I think he's been the, he wasn't this was his first day where he didn't like star because mm-hmm. uh, he legit like it's I've I've said to people it's been hard not to write about him every day because it seems like he makes a big play every day. Him and Carson pretty clearly have like a chemistry there. Like that's not just like coach speak or media speak. I think that's legit. Um, and he's just fun. Like the fans just. Even in this heat when everybody's tired at the end of the day, when they complete passes to Deshaun, everybody lights up. What's interesting to me is the, the national media focus so, focuses so much on his deep speed. He's, it's more than that. He's winning with route running. Like For he, sure. Some of these fade routes, like he's getting open on, are, are just pretty impressive. He got open on one, uh, like a corner fade against Sidney Jones today that was really impressive. He's done some double moves. Uh, his comeback routes are some of the best, in, I, I mean, I've seen in the league. Um, he's not Antonio Brown, but he can he can really get open with his feet. It's not just about straight line speed, and I think that's something that's underestimated about him. I also think it'll help. I like his connection with Carson is so good. You don't want to project a thousand yards for him just because they spread the ball around so much. But it's kind of getting hard not to think maybe this is an eleven hundred yard year, and maybe it's. Tampa was the problem, like, you know. And the quarterbacks that were throwing to him. Yeah, I mean, you know, he hasn't really aged when you watch him in practice. Like, he really is just, I mean, there are 22-year-old corners that are getting roasted by him. And I think that's something good to really pick up on. I think Nelson Aguilar is another guy you could throw into the good. Especially today, because he hadn't been targeted that much, but today he looked really, really good. Yeah, I think he he's on a mission um, to get that money. 
Yeah, uh, you know, I get think... Get the bag, as they say. Yeah, he uh, he's looked pretty Secure good. Secure the bag, sorry. Yes, he, get, he, he's bag. looked pretty good. Um, Greg Ward is a guy that we yeah, talk they, about. Yeah, they target him a lot. Yeah. It's because he's a slot receiver, but... Well, but they've also used him outside, and right. I think... Uh, I talked to him after practice today. He's really, really comfortable. He's been in this offense for three off-seasons he's now. He's experience as almost any of their receivers. <laughs> right. He's been in this offense for three off-seasons now. Third time could be the charm. I, I feel I, like I, he... I think he's a dark horse. I've been saying that. I've been writing that in yeah. some of my stories. I think he's been a, he's a dark horse to make the team. It's either him or Mark and Michelle, I think. Who, who looked really good today. He had his yeah. best day today. He's yeah. fast. That dude's he's, fast. Yeah, and he's returning punts, which I think yeah. is very interesting. Um, I mean, shoot, if Matt Collins doesn't make the team, hypothetically, they can both make it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, look, it's unlikely, but... <laughs> yeah, I think the five right now are Deshaun, I would guess Alshon. Five, yeah. yeah, Deshaun, Alshon, uh, Nelson, Jaw, and... Uh, and Matt Collins. I think yeah. that's the five. And then if you keep six, it's either Mark and But if, if Hollins doesn't get healthy, maybe they trade him away or maybe they put him on IR for the year again. I don't know what you can get from Matt Collins, well, but yeah. Well, I mean, one of those trades where you're trading for somebody you're not even going to keep anyway. Yeah, I mean, you know. Like to the Jets or something. You know, we'll get into this with the bad, but yeah. like Sheldon Gibson's a huge loser in this entire situation because he's not getting first team reps. They're not targeting him regularly. He's dropping passes. And so when you have guys like. He ran over Jeffrey Lurie today, by the way. Yeah, which was very the interesting. Surest way to get cut. <laughs> Jeffrey Lurie is like, I forgot that guy. Even. No, oh, I wait. didn't say that. But, um, but like, the wide receiver group is very interesting because, and I was having a conversation with other beat writers, it's weird because at wide receiver, there's nobody who has like an irregular talent except for Carlton Agudosi, who kind of sticks out from the bunch because he's six foot six. He's a fun player to watch. Yeah, he is. He's the new Ifiani Moma. What I... I've got a bone to pick with the backup quarterbacks because yeah, yeah, we were he, about he was this. playing. He was being covered during one on ones consistently by Josh Hawkins. Josh Hawkins is five foot ten. Um, Nobody that's defending Carlton Agudosi is as tall as him. So right. Let's just get at right. That. But like I know, seven inch. The point. I mean, the point being, I know the point you're about to make. So keep right. Going. You know. I mean. He's got a full subway sub of, of height that, that is that is five dollars worth. Yeah, five dollars worth. But you we're know not what? Sponsored by them, so we're not going to say the holy hat. Yeah, correct. <laughs> they were putting it at the numbers. The ball was at the numbers at his chest. And when you have a lanky guy like that who probably has to rely heavily on his ability to reach up. You should not target him there. Throw like, you're not going to win that way. And Throw it where they can't get it, which is high. Right. Which, can. Which speaks to how good, well, not how good, but how mentally adequate Corson Wentz and yeah. Nate Sudfeld are because they targeted him on jump balls uh, later on in practice, and it worked out pretty well. He's a guy who went to Rutgers, didn't really get a lot of experience because they had, like, 46. Yeah, different uh, coaches. Yeah, yeah so. The receivers coaches. So he's a guy that's interesting. I like him for the practice squad a lot. I do too. He's kind of an oddity, and I think they like how he's very good about getting guys who are either really small and fast as pass rushers, and put like Joe Osman and putting them on there, or a big tall guy. So I think that's very interesting. Did the the other day they tried it out this twelve personnel lineup? Carson Wentz a quarterback. They had on the outside Carlton Agadosi and Zach Ertz, and on the inside they had Alshon Jeffrey and Dallas Goddard. Hmm. Like that's the that's like the I don't even know what what you call that, but that like that's huge. There's no the team that, lineup. There's no team that can do that because you can put Goddard or Ertz on the outside. You can put Alshon or Agadosi. I mean maybe Agadosi. You replace him with JJ Arcega Whiteside in reality, but it worked. Dallas Goddard was like wide open in the middle of the field. 
Like, I don't know how you defend, especially if it's, like, closer to the red zone. Yeah. If, if Agadosi can become something, like, that's just, like, a future package that's gonna that could be unstoppable. It was just really fun to see that. Yeah, it's cool to see, I guess, a jumbo package for the offense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was cool. Miles Sanders looked really good the last couple of days. Uh, I think... He, he's really he's a lot shiftier than I realized. Yeah, oh, man. Well, that's his thing. Like, yeah. That's why you got the shady... I, one thing I did see, I thought it was interesting that they were in, they were doing their no huddle or whatever, 11-on-11 uh, 11 11 today, and when they were in the uh, red zone, they handed it off to him instead yeah. of throwing any 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 score. It was a good play. I think they're, they're giving him a chance. I, don't, I still am of the belief that at least the first half of the year, Jordan Howard is going to be getting more touches, Same. but... And we need to see this in games, but he's definitely like convincing me that like, all right, maybe he's as good as everybody said. I mean, yeah, he's got to work on his blocking. He has blocking and pass catching, and he made a good catch today. Yeah, there was a so they got the matchup they wanted. They got a mismatch between Sanders and Vinnie Curry, and uh, Sanders ran a wheel route, and Curry was way behind him in coverage. But there was a safety over top, and Carson Wentz an absolute dime, fifteen yards downfield. Uh, to Sanders and he caught it in stride and got picked up a big game. Um, I, that's something that I think is understated about Carson. Carson's done a really good job of targeting running backs down the field mm-hmm. and connecting with them. Like they have, there's like a very good rhythm to his throws for guys out of the backfield. He's got very good timing there. Somebody he does not have very good timing with yet is uh, we'll, we'll get into JJ that. or Sigel White. So we're talking, we're talking yeah. good, right? Well, so let's let's do our Carson Wentz discussion because yeah, somehow we went this long with that like fully talking. Yeah, about well, it. you got to bury the lead sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we got to make people. It's like on the news. Where they bury the yeah. the the best part at the end of the news. You, you used to work for a news station, you know that goes. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, so Carson, overall, he's been pretty. Like if you just look at the overall five practices, he's been pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, which was Monday, was his best one. Like by for far, sure. he was on the money. Lights out. Like he was unreal. Um, I was a little higher in his performance today. I maybe used a little hyperbole when I tweeted out my uh, observations today. I don't stellar is not the right word, but I think he was really good. He had some phenomenal throws. He had some bad ones, but I mean, it, with the way like by the end of practice, it didn't seem like anybody wanted to be out there anymore. So, yeah, I thought it was an interesting day for him, right? Because he did make some really impressive throws, but I'm kind of blown away by the lack of chemistry he has with um, JJ Arcega Whiteside. Not that it, not that he needed to immediately you know be lights out with him he's still a rookie but their timing just seemed pretty off is that fair to say yeah and and it's it's weird they so they haven't done red zone drills at all yet which right. is, seems weird to me I, I can't remember last year when they started doing them maybe it's on purpose i don't know yes yeah, um, but our white whiteside kind of has been invisible a little bit he, he wasn't running with the first team it was mac hollins and then it's been Greg Ward more than him, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so he hasn't really been targeted that much. And so today he was targeted more, and it wasn't his best day. And some of it was uh, communication maybe or just not being familiar with Carson yet. Um, we haven't seen as many of the flashes. that He did have the play of the day. And Carson Wentz didn't, doesn't really deserve credit for it. Yeah. He was targeting Aguilar. I'm not sure what defensive back was there, but somebody deflected it right into his arms. He ran all the way 80 yards. Everybody went crazy. Yeah, it was like, kind of, on a day yeah. where there wasn't really a play of the day, like that was the play of the day. It was kind of like it was kind of reminiscent of uh, when the Eagles played the Chiefs a few years ago and then Zach Ertz caught a pass off, off a helmet or whatever and ended up... Lost that game, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did lose that game. Well... One of their few losses that year. Um, yeah, and I also thought Carson... I, I thought Carson... Um, so the defense won 
day one of pattern practice, in my opinion. And then I felt like Carson dominated day two. This was more of an even practice. Yeah, today was even. And I think it showed what Carson is, you know, the medium, like the, the, what he is, like, sorry, median, uh, of what his performance can be. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, like not, not amazing, but not bad, like, which is the win games with his performance today. Right. If yeah. he plays the way he played and performed in practice today, they're in really good shape. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and you, as you wrote in your article, or the recap, He's got so many weapons. Yeah. Like it's just it's unreal. Like that's that's it's, it's somebody else every day. Even guys like Greg Ward are like so far down on like your thought process. But mm-hmm. that's a guy that they've he's really athletic and he's like intriguing and he's been intriguing for the last three. He can play quarterback in a pinch if they need him to. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey when you really Alshon think, looked, well, he was pretty good today too. But yeah, he it was a little quiet. Yeah, it was yeah, quieter. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing because he's more he doesn't go deep. So it's yeah. like. Practice wise, I don't know if you're going to see a lot. There's a good on the one on ones. He had a good like fade uh, yeah. to the sideline that he caught. Rasul also. Uh, and there, I mean, well, yeah. Rasul took credit for yeah. all shot and drop. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> is what I would say. Hey, listen, you got to take <laughs> where a, you can get him. By the way, we haven't talked about easily the best player on this roster. Um, the next Reggie White, you might oh, say. Jo- oh, Joe Osmond. <laughs> Joe Osmond. Dude. Reggie White wishes that he was as nimble. Um, dude, had three sacks today, and he's had sacks probably every day. Um, I mean, at Again, you have to remember he's going against second, third team offensive line. And he wrecked Jordan Milata he, today. Yeah, which is probably more bad for Milata than good for Osman, I would say. Yeah, probably. Um, I still don't know how he makes this team, but like, he's making he's going to make it hard for them. At least he needs to do it in games. If he's, I've seen I think Michael Kiss calls him like uh, this year's Stephen Means. He's like he he's a training camp guy who gets the seems like a lot of pressure. All the coaches talk about him. The teammates love him. Yeah, you you talked to him in the locker room today. Yeah, I did. He's he's a guy that doesn't take anything for granted, and I think that that's really smart. He's still very wide-eyed. He's, he's always still, watching film. I always see him watching on his iPad. And he you know, he's always learning, and he's always asking for tips. I've seen him sit with Vinny Curry. I've seen him sit with Brandon Graham. I've even seen him sit with Malik Jackson. Like, I was walking by, and I overheard Malik Jackson. Yeah, I, I have a minute if you want to. Like, well, Michael Bennett last year, he always pulled him aside, too. Well, I think what's interesting about... So, you know, we get caught up in these players' personalities, but something that I always find very interesting is when you're humble enough to say, hey, I don't know. Yeah. And Joe Osman is a guy who constantly says, hey, I don't know this, I want to learn. And and he's told me he was trying to work on some cross-blocking moves and speed of power, and um, he's still developing. I mean, some of these guys, you know, for what it's worth – take some time to develop. There's a reason why they go undrafted. It's not because they're not talented. It's because they're trying to learn the game. You know, maybe they come from a school like Central Michigan that's kind of, you know, behind the times as far as teaching pass rushing technique. And, you know, he's really learning to become a pass rusher. What I like about him is that he can get very low when he when he's in his rush. Like, his hips bend very well. He has a low center of gravity. That's bad for a blocker who's upright like Melata, who's still learning, too. And so I think the two of them going up against each other, they talk, They spoke. Predator spoke to Prey after the practice, like, in the locker room. And were like, hey, I see this, this, and this. Yeah, I saw them. It's yeah, helping them grow as people and, and as players and I think that that's something that speaks to the culture that Doug Peterson's you know built is that you can't you can't feel embarrassed if you mess up you need to go talk about it and learn and I think Milana and Osman are two of those guys and that's why they're so well liked in the locker room and and why the coaching staff constantly goes out of their way to praise them yeah all right so we'll, we'll do one more good 
because I think he's stood out pretty good. We've been positive for so long. We have people telling us we're being too negative a lot of the time. So, you know, this, we've been positive for most of the podcast. We're milking it. <laughs> uh, the last one I'll say is uh, Timmy Jernigan. He's on my yes. mind because he talked today. And Jim Schwartz raved about him. Um, he's not normally on your mind? <laughs> he's, he's like I love talking to him because he like, he's just an emotional person. Like yeah. he, he's like he's like really wants to prove that last year isn't who he is and all that stuff. But and he's be, so real too. He's real, yeah. And he and he yeah. And he's he's just cool too. He has those grills. And Chris Long had a great. Uh, I think it was on Twitter. Somebody asked him like if if someone if you're gonna go to a fight, who would be one teammate oh. from your career you would bring with you? He said Jernigan. Jernigan was hyped when he heard that. He's like that's my guy and all that stuff. But, but anyway, so Jernigan obviously had such a weird year last year with his back thing and it lingered and he came back at the end of the year and then he missed a couple more games and he started looking okay by the end but Jim Schwartz said he looks as good if not better than he did before the injury said he's been disruptive was the word and I think that's fair mm-hmm. um, I think a lot, in a lot of ways like they're, they're getting the ball out so quick and I think it's hard unless you get sacks for the defensive lineman to like stand out and mm-hmm. offensive lineman too but he stood out he he's, had some run stops like that it, were really impressed the fact that again there's this is why maybe the whole fourth defensive end problem is like a little overblown because number one you have Malik Jackson who kind of he's like he's like the Chris Long almost in this he's he's gonna be the passion guy and then you also have Jernigan there so I mean that that defensive tackle trio is unreal that's gotta be the best in the NFL I think they're the five deep I mean you look at what they yeah. have in, in Trayvon Hester and yeah. Son Ridgeway and I mean. That's the thing, building out... Kevin Wilkins, shout out to Oh, yeah, Kevin Wilkins, holler your boy. Um, <laughs> but, like, the, building from the outside... You're building from the inside out is why this team is so good. And I think their restocking of the shelves, when you really look at things, is going to help them this season. Like, they have five guys at defensive tackle and five guys at defensive end that could realistically play. Um, at corner, they have six to eight guys that can realistically play. Safety, they've got five guys. You know, offensive line, they've got probably ten guys. You know, I mean, it's, it, that's impressive. Like this is the depth is unreal. I've turned to na- national people and said this is the m- most stacked team I've. I think I can ever recall. Like the 2014 was pretty stacked preseason wise. Yeah. But and that, and that was a team that had like elite talent, kind of like yeah. this one. Or sorry, 2003. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, this is this is something else. Well, and then the thing is, a lot of it has to do with just guys coming back healthy. Like they didn't mm-hmm. do a, a crazy amount of moves this offseason. Right. Like Deshaun and Malik were the big ones that are making an impact right away. The rest are like rookies who you hope are can contribute right away, or just backup guys who, like someone like Anderson Dejo has looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like. A, they're in really good shape. <laughs> yeah, and as I call it the Jackson 2, those are guys that are going to make everyone else better around them, yeah. whether they have explosive numbers or not. Which I think, is like, which is part of the genius of Howie Roseman. Just right, you're supplementing. Guys. Yeah. So I think that I, I think there's a lot of good there. I, I will also say, too, I know I just you wanted to get the one. Josh Sweat is a re- is going to be a really good player, I think. Uh, maybe not like a great player, maybe not a starter, but I, mean, I he think be he can be a passing downs guy. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot there. Um, he's looking him, good. the battles between him and Dillard have been fun, honestly, because yeah. like it weirdly in the running game, Dillard has done a better job against him than in pass blocking. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I don't think Joshua's strength. Is that, I know, that's what I'm saying, but it's like funny, like the dichotomy of that was the main mm-hmm. criticism of. 
Dillard coming out and all that. I think Dillard's got like a legitimate chip on his shoulder for a first round pick, which is kind of weird. But I well, mean, it's well, it's because everybody like doubts that part of him. Yeah, I think yeah. that plays I mean, into it's it. Interesting. It, it's gonna be. I mean, I, we've talked about how ideally he doesn't see a snap this year, but we'll see. Um, so let's get into the bad. I'll start. I'll, I'm gonna say Nate Sudfeld. Uh, it's more average than bad, I would say. He's just yeah, been, that kind he's, of surprised he's, me. He's just been decidedly average. He hasn't shown me anything that makes again makes me confident that he's the number two quarterback if Wentz goes down. Um, he's, he, he's he not, strikes, yeah, he strikes me as somebody who's going to throw a lot of interceptions. Yeah, that, I was going to say. So he's not as good of a deep ball thrower as I thought he was watching him in the preseason last year. Because I mean, him and Shelton Gibson really have like a connection and they look pretty good together. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was more Gibson just being really fast. He's th- underthrown a lot of guys on deep balls and um, too. and the accuracy is not good on them. So that that part like you don't need your back quarterback to have a cannon of an arm, but mm-hmm. ideally he can throw it far down the field. But if he can just be good in the intermediate area, then you just need a guy who can manage the game. That maybe he's not going to be a star in this league, but if he can be the and I don't know if he's shown that yet. I know we need to see it in a game and all that stuff, but I would say he's not maybe not bad, but average. He he's got a bit of a slow processor. Yeah, he is very slow to get the ball out, and I think. I think, you know, Nick Foles didn't look good in practice. No, he was, even dating back to college, he was a bad practice Yeah, player. I mean, he apparently he's looking good in Jacksonville, but against I know, the comparison... Well, I mean, and they're also only showing the good highlights, too. I saw some of the highlights of Foles, like, throwing deep balls. I mean, the one where he just throws it up, and then the receiver goes and gets it, because that's classic Foles. Yes. It is still weird, honestly, seeing, yeah, like, him odd. tweet out Duval and all this stuff. That's odd. Let's stay focused. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, Sorry. Um, yeah, Nate, um, Nate's a guy that I do yeah. agree with you. I think he's a, I think he can really thrive in a West Coast system if set up properly, which means have those weapons. Like, here, I would like for them to take Carson off the field for, for a, a practice and let Nate kind the of first team. Yeah, get some first team reps because I think that's very important. Um, we don't know what Nate is. Like, yeah. he could be throwing to guys that are working at Verizon Wireless. He's still a big like, muffler, sure. You know, I mean, realistically, the talent isn't all there. Um, again, I, I think he's going to be an enigma till even past the preseason till we till the real bullets fly I think he's going to be an enigma and somebody you're going to worry about and question um so we're just doing bad um so not like Josh that. Perkins I thought really had an opportunity to come yeah, in you were here. talking about him as a fourth tight end yeah and, and force a fourth tight end and he has dropped yeah no so many passes it I mean, and they throw it to him a lot, so it's not right. Richard Rogers got the like the bulk of the the targets. Like they hadn't targeted Richard Rogers. Yeah, Seinfeld targets Rogers and Perkins a lot, but Rogers drops some passes too. I don't know if it's that the ball is not on target or what, but it's weird. Like all the backup tight ends outside of Goddard and Ertz have just like dropped a lot. Of, will tie too. Um, I don't know how Josh Perkins makes this team now because I know it's only been a week, but like when you have wide receivers emerging and the running back position is relatively deep, especially based on tenure, um, I, I don't know how you go about doing that. Um, we don't need to elaborate. You already mentioned him earlier. Shelton Gibson would be another bad. Oh man, we've talked. It's pretty much the same discussion with him. Yeah, um, he's a good kid though, so it stinks. But yeah, he's just kind of he's goes with like the third strings a lot of the time. Zach Brown is a guy. Yeah, he should, I just haven't noticed him honestly. So he's been getting a lot of work with the second and third team, and for a guy of that ilk, it's kind of odd. Um, 
Camus Gruget Hill is right. Oh, we, we we didn't mention him for good. He's been really good. Yeah, well, because you you have you'd have to put him in great. Um, but uh, <laughs> he Camus has run away with this. He is a starting nickel linebacker with Nigel not practicing, by the way. Yeah, I I actually think he's looked better than Nigel did in games last year. Yeah. Granted, it's practice. Um, I, I warned people before training camp that Zach Brown isn't like an absolute lock to make it. I, yeah, I would be. He seems. It still be surprising if he was good. right. He seems to me like a guy that could be a two-down linebacker who maybe starts like the first couple of weeks of the season and then slowly fades into a role that you know, kind of a you know, kind of a Wisniewski area. Oh, speaking of Wisniewski, when we're talking about oh, bad, uh, yeah, he had the bad snap stretch. There. I mean, he, dude, like get Fabiano in the mix, man. <laughs> yeah, like at some point, I mean, he's had a bad snap almost every practice, and multiple at some of them. I wonder how much, how motivated he is after like such a weird offseason. Not not to, not to like accuse him of not being motivated, but like he had that weird year last year, and then nobody wanted to sign him. Like, I think he's been humbled. Yeah, for and sure. uh, you know, yeah. I see him after in the locker room, and he. He's not very chipper, but then again, he's never he been never that really guy. was, yeah. yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see if he can get out of this funk. He's a veteran. He's got experience. He started several games at center early on in his career. Um, he did have the snapping issue in Jacksonville, and that's why they – that was part of the reason why he was not re-signed. Um, again, I – how do you feel about the backup center position? Because it is going to be important if you're, well, if you're saying, hey, we'll just move Isaac over. I know. Got, I like, gun to my head, I feel like that's what they would do if a game was to Right, play. but what if Isaac Are you really, are really trusting Wisniewski to play guard at that point still, though? Right. It, it's a very weird situation, and I think, you know, you're not going to have tons of depth everywhere, but it, it is something that I'm a little puzzled by. We didn't mention, so Brooks is out there individuals which we did not expect at all yeah that's pretty uh, it's unreal like he's that dude's a warrior and he he looks good too like I'm not I'm still not 100% sure he's gonna play week one I know that's his goal but like the fact that he's out there right now six months after he tours where Sheldon Rankin suffered the same injury in the same game and he's out right now yeah I mean and he you know he called us at the media out, yeah. and he's the, probably the first person that I've kind of been on the side of a guy who's called us out. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense because yeah. what happens with the, I mean, we obviously don't see the medicals, so you hear Achilles and you assume, okay, this dude's missing the year, and we've been saying that, and he's been hearing that, but we didn't know what was going on behind closed doors. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a, you know, again, it's interesting. I, yeah. I think... Uh, that's, I think well, it, it doesn't help that the Eagles don't tell us anything. About yeah, it. you know what? That is the root of the issue, yeah. and I think it creates intentional or not. I think it creates an adversarial uh, relationship between play because you immediately assume you have like we're in this media world where it's you know we need the information to make justifications for certain things and to. You know, it was weird not seeing Craven LeBlanc out on the field. Typically, if a guy's injured, he's on the sidelines still. So, again... So, everybody starts speculating and blah, blah, blah. Correct, yeah. Um, all right, so, any more bad before we just get to the ugly? Let's just talk about Clayton Thorson. Let's just do it, please, because right, so I've, I've been weeding. Let, let me recap, and then you, can re, then you can react. So, he was... The first few days, he was bad, like, as bad as he's been in a minicamp, inaccurate, whatever. But then, so, Monday... First throws what many in the Eagles media have called the worst throw they've ever. It's probably hyperbolic, but it was bad. It was a deep throw. Um, 
I described it to Jimmy Kempsey today. I was like, it's like how it looks when I throw a ball, which is really wobbly. And it was all the way down the field. It wasn't anywhere near the receiver. I forget who the receiver was. I don't remember. but I, It's like, if, again, if every time slows down and we're doing this. But that that was the number one. Number two was today, which almost arguably could be worse. It was worse. <laughs> and the, so because to give you perspective, like from my angle, like I'm like on the opposite side of the field. So all, all I saw was him roll out to the right. And then I saw the ball like bouncing on the ground. Like five yards in front of him, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm like, did he just throw an incompletion? Like, what just happened? I, and he, Boston Scott, he was, I guess he was just rolling out. He was supposed to throw a short pass to so Boston Scott. He like threw it at his feet or something and missed him by a few feet. I mean, I don't mean to How's be. He a quarterback? I don't mean to give you the Arnold Stein narrative on this, but I was watching this like I see it vividly in my brain. Okay, so like you said. Uh, Clayton ran out. Um, it was a design. Uh, it looked like it was a design rollout to the right. Um, Boston Scott wide open in the flat. Thorson throws. And, well, I guess he's right-handed, and I'm well, he, with my left. I mean, he, they can't yeah, see you, Mike. I know, but I feel like you need to be engaged in this process. So he throws. And the ball didn't look like he got away from him. He throws it maybe three yards in front of him himself. And it just, like just punishes the ground with the, with the amount of like torque that he put on this throw <laughs> into the ground. Boston Scott turns around, gives like a puzzled like ex- what just like body language. The ball is probably 3 or 4 feet away from him or 3 or 4 yards away from him. Like it was bizarre. It was almost like he was like trying to stop the clock or nobody was open, but no, Boston Scott was oh right my God, there. It was bad. And then it, there was another one that wasn't as major, but it's notable because of the noises that happened from it. So he like targeted Will Ty. It was towards the sideline where we were standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he missed him like he like threw it too far and Will Ty just like made this moan sound. I'm like, that's just like my review of Clayton Thorson <laughs> and I'm sure his receivers, you can like hear them being frustrated too. They are it, especially those guys. Those are guys who are fighting for their lives and they can't get the ball thrown to them. Yeah, I'm not gonna project any emotions on them, but they're frustrated by the situation. Clear I don't know if they're frustrated with them and with him, but they are frustrated at the moment. Yeah. And you can see the moment. And they only get so many opportunities. There's a lot of guys out there and I mean so we need to have the Clayton Thorson talk right now because like we you know we had kind of like waffled a little bit like they wouldn't actually cut him but like maybe if he was terrible they would now I, I almost think Cody Kessler has like a better chance of making the it's I they used a fifth round pick on this guy like what did they see I don't I don't get it so in fairness to that it's still it, early it's it, still yeah, early. it's still early they traded back in the fifth round to get a seventh round pick so technically they they acquired Clayton Thorson and Hassan Ridgeway for that fifth round pick okay so that's the positive news um he's been objectively bad like there is no person this is who he was in college right but there is no person evaluating him like Doug Peterson can say what he wants but like maybe he's making progress in the film room maybe maybe the way he said he was making progress was he was making reads and quick decisions and yeah sure I mean he's making quick decisions Doug's not gonna gonna crap on a rookie 21 year old kid look you've gotta be objective about this and I think he's been objectively bad like bad um some of the throws have been ugly I'm a guy who covered the Jacksonville Jaguars, Blake Bortles, the starting quarterback. I watched Max Wittick throw balls. Covered, you covered Cody Kessler there. And yeah, I did. He shouldn't be a starting quarterback. Cody, Cody actually had a really great training camp last year. <laughs> uh, didn't throw an interception until, like, I think mid to late July. There was, like, a running joke in the QB room about it. But, like, guys like Max Wittick, who was a transfer. USC guy. Yeah, USC to, to Hawaii. 
the guy couldn't throw five feet in front of him. Brandon Allen, who couldn't throw more than ten yards in front of him. Like, Clayton Thorson's not having a very strong debut here. And, and, and look, they spent a draft pick on him. I would imagine he makes the team. Um, if it's a fair competition, Cody Kessler's blowing him out of the water. It's not close. And, then, and that's purely out of Cody Kessler just, like, not making a lot of mistakes. Yeah, he's been normal. And he's actually been turning. And he's thrown a few uh, deep balls that were pretty yeah. good. Yeah, which is for a weird. guy who you said like can't throw the ball that far. <laughs> right. He's looked comfortable, and I talked to him the other day, and he said, you know, this offense that I've been working with Nelson Aguilar, who's helped me open up this offense. USC connection. Right. The only connection that Clayton Thorson really has from college is Godwin Igubuki, who he threw an interception to in the second minicamp practice. Like, P.S. Though he. Godwin Kabuki has like dropped like three different possible interceptions yeah, from Thorson. Poor, poor guy. So like, which one of them is helping the other? I can't. Tell. Yeah, I talked to Godwin <laughs> after that first pick when he actually made the interception. He goes, "Yeah, he blessed me. I'll have to bless him." I'm wondering if he's just trying to help the guy. Like, oh no, I'm yeah. just gonna hit it down. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just get the PBU. It's fine. Um, yeah, it's just it, it's very weird. Um, and if you watched his tape after he, I I didn't watch him coming out of the draft, but I watched it after he drafted got drafted. And Thorson, you're saying? Yeah, Thorson. I watched five games just to give like a really good feel for him and the uh, tape is not very impressive I I told you and this is just an assumption when they drafted him I guarantee you that Doug Peterson saw himself in, in Clayton Thorson from like yeah, a body type I was talking with them with uh, some reporters earlier like it's like who was fighting for Thorson in, the, in that draft like if they like so hypothetically if they do cut him and he makes it through waivers that'll pretty much say what Joe Douglas thought about him coming out right yeah I mean I, hypothetically I, I, I think I, I don't know this for a fact I don't I mean I, if he goes in the preseason and throws like he is now there's not going to be a team that claims him yeah well I mean you yeah, that's know. what you I hope mean, Maybe yeah you never know hope. yeah um, alright we've been going pretty long uh, but we had to recap a bunch of days we'll try and get another podcast in sooner maybe later in the week what, you down with that, Mike? Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> if I'm we down. survive this heat. Um, they'll be in like kind of game week-esque type thing starting on Thursday. Uh, it was live hitting today, by the way. I don't know if we... Yes, okay, that. so they tackled to the ground, but it was not very clear until midway through practice because some drills were yeah. not. Yeah. And uh, there was one instance where uh, DeAndre Hall threw... Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. He threw uh, Boston Scott, I think, to the ground, and he got up and he was like, "Man, like, you know, like." Wait, who did that? Uh, DeAndre Hall, I believe, threw uh. Boston Scott to the ground, and I like, I was surprised by his reaction because it didn't, it wasn't clear whether it was tackling to the ground yet because it was like the first or second play with the second team, and yeah, they, I mean. It was a physical practice. Uh, you brought up the Miles Sanders touchdown. He went through a wall of bodies. Like they, that was like an impressive run. He hit that hole pretty hard. So I think it's good. I think they only have two of these live practice live practices during, during yeah, the yeah. So they'll know, only so. have one more. Uh, I'm not sure when it'll be. Probably sooner than later, actually, because. The preseason games are kind of like live live hitting practices in a way. Well, and I think the 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 Ravens joint practices might be live too if they're anything like the Jaguars Buccaneers ones that I've seen. But look, I think the Eagles have been relatively healthy. That's the biggest takeaway, you know, from those first five. But I also think guys are starting to emerge. Jeremiah McKinnon's a guy that I would pay attention to on Twitter uh, when we're doing our live coverage. Boston Scott. Um, uh, Greg Ward, some of those guys. 
I'm somebody who really likes to study the entire roster. I get made fun of all the time. Not by Zach, because Zach understands Jeff. Well, yes, by Zach, but not Zach Rosenblatt. Yeah, yeah, some other Zach. (laughs) Great Jason Peters story, by the way. Um, Actually, you really should check out the Jason Peters story. Uh, Very, very cool story. Uh, Very proud of that one for our our little uh, outlet. That's actually pretty big. Um, But, again... Sorry, I got sidetracked. He, pay attention <laughs> to some of these guys at the bottom of the roster. Like, this is as tight as of a competition. There's not many spots. Yeah, this is going to be 10 to 12 spots that are open. Originally, I projected about 16. I think it's about 10 to 12 now. Uh, and Especially now if Skandrick's here stealing one away, too. Right. I would pay attention to the bottom of the roster. The, the top of the roster is very, very good. But the bottom of the roster is going to be very interesting over the next couple of weeks. And that's, where, that's the area where you live and breathe. It is. <laughs> what we think I have an East-West Shrine game notebook. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll end on that note. Uh, leave some comments, write some reviews, make sure you subscribe. We're on all the apps, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys soon. Bye.